Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Everybody, this is Reba. Welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have a, one of Allie and I's friends today with us, Janice Robinson. And we are going to talk to Janice today about some pretty exciting stuff. Uh, we're going to discuss hospitality, we're going to discuss etiquette, and we're going to s- discuss connecting with people in a time when actually connecting has been difficult. Uh, right now, we're kind of in the middle of still in, uh, feeling the effects of COVID. And it's been a difficult time to connect uh, in ways uh, that we used to, at least. And so I think uh, instead of sitting back and just saying we'll never connect again, uh, let's try to find ways that we really can connect in positive ways because it's healthy. It's healthy for us uh, mentally, emotionally, physically. It's good for us. Uh, We were meant for connection. And so we're excited to talk uh, about that today. But, you know, um, girls, as we get started, I think about pre-COVID, right? And we, we talk about, when we start talking about things like hospitality, I think all of us, to a degree, we struggle opening our homes to other people um, because there are so many reasons that is such a bad idea. Um, I mean, uh, that's at least what we tell ourselves, I think. Um, you know, we've, I think we've acquired this belief system that hospitality and etiquette is this elaborate seven-course dinner. Okay. We've got fine China. There's three forks and we have no idea what to do with all these forks. Okay. And so that just immediately train wrecks us. I think our house has to be spotless so we can never have anybody over because we'll never get it spotless. Um, We have to be really proper. Our kids have to be polished and that's never going to happen. So that disqualifies us. Right. (laughs) Um, It's intimidating. I mean, it's really, when we think about we're going to invite somebody over or we're going to, you know, truly try to reach out, all of it, just all of these reasons pop in our minds as to why that's totally an impossible thing. And so I think, you know, there was a day back in the day, my parents talk about this, where you would just get in your car and just show up in somebody's driveway and ring the doorbell. And I'm like, are you kidding? Uh, We just don't do that in our culture anymore. Um, But we still need, so much connection. So I'm really excited, Janice, to have you help us through our fears in this area today of etiquette and hospitality. So let me tell you a little bit about Janice, and then I'm going to let her jump in and start talking. So Janice is a business coach, and she was trained, are you ready for this, at the Protocol School of Washington, D.C. Now, if that doesn't just intimidate you, nothing does, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But we both know Janice personally. And so I know that as much as she is polished, she is personable. Mm -hmm. And so I know you're going to love her today as we talk a little bit about uh, her her specialties are etiquette, public speaking, and networking. And she's going to help us. She really is. We're going to have this really great attitude of living in a world where it really makes a difference to show people kindness through etiquette and hospitality. So Janice, you got to tell us a little bit. You're a business coach. You, you do Bold Move. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about Bold Move. Uh, kind of kick us off and let people know a little bit about who you are. Well, first off, thank you so much, Reba and Allie, for letting me be a part of It is a joy, really a joy. So people ask me what I do. I say, I build companies. I give people tools to be successful in life. 
One of the things I do is I work with people who are speak, speaking, as I choke on my words, speaking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a variety of clients that come to me that want to be stronger public speakers. They want to lead meetings better. They want to have a stronger executive presence. And so I have clients that this is what we work on. I give them the tools they need to be successful. And along the way, my husband and I formed our own company. Our kids got out of the house. I've been consulting with businesses since 1995, but our kids got out of the house. It was my husband and myself. He's an executive leadership coach. And he looks at me and he says, let's put the best of what we both do and form a company. So we formed a company in 2014, Bold Move International. I handled the public speaking etiquette side, and, and I realized I needed more training. So that's when I went to the Protocol School of Washington up in D.C. and learned more about etiquette and protocol for today. That's incredible. Well, that's and really oh. I love people and I love Jesus. So you put all those things together. It's a great job. I have. <laughs> That is really, that's just really exciting to hear because I love, I, and I got lost in just listening to you talk. And that's one of the things that's really exciting about your communication skills, because people just kind of flock to that type of warmth that, um, and I think we're all missing that just because we're kind of compartmentalized. And like Reba said, maybe you used to sit out on the porch and I'm, I mean, I'm a teeny bit younger, teeny bit younger than Reba. But in the Dominican, we're still all kind of sitting out on our porches and talking to each other as we walk by and stop and have a cup of coffee. And so that's what I've always enjoyed about where I live here in the Dominican. But it's so interesting because when we think about, and I'm, I'm such a huge fan of Downton Abbey, and I feel like my house has to be like that all the time. And the protocol just, and everybody does think it's really just stiff and, and cold but there's, there's a warmth to, to hospitality. And so, you know, showing proper etiquette, it's viewed like we, like we've talked about as just really formal and stuffy. And, but what are some things, you know, to bring in that warmth that we can learn about? Yes. Yes. So I'm a teeny bit older than Reba. So if you're a teeny (laughs) bit younger, I'm a teeny bit older. I want to start with where the word etiquette even came from, which I think is fascinating because it was King Louis XIV who had all these grand parties at his palace. And what he realized, he and the gardener, is that all of these people were stepping on the grass, tearing up the flower beds, that gardener is angry, so is the king. So they come up with an idea to put little signs or little directions on the Mm. lawn of what to do, which are little tickets. Yeah. Yes. So it's don't walk on the grass, stay on the the gravel, don't pick the flowers, all these little signs that became known as the etiquettes of King Louis XIV, which grew into actually having a ticket to get into the court on one side, on the other side, you had how to behave in the court. So that's where the Mm. word came from, which you can now see where stuffiness can begin (laughs) to be. And then, and then who, which one of us does not love Downton Abbey to see the table spread and talked about, but it's interesting because etiquette actually simply broken down is a code of behavior. It's a code of behavior established. So I say the rules really are, is to be confident, to be comfortable and use common sense. You don't, you don't have to know the whole book anymore. And etiquette does change with time. When you think about it, how many of our grandfathers wore a hat always in public? And when you saw a woman, what did you do? Tipped your hat. And and even ladies would wear gloves when they would go out or matching hats. But that has changed. That's no longer the code of behavior any day, anyway. So 
when I, when I train now or speak to people about etiquette, I say, really, it's about you being confident and it's about you making others comfortable around you so that we can throw up that. the idea of seven course meals, which some of us do attend or I train to be a part of. But even then, it's all about confident and comfortable. Yeah. And, you know, it's okay to make mistakes, I think, yes. sometimes, or even, you know, um, people expect people to be human. Uh, and we can still be human and still, uh, and still show each other, uh, I think, this kindness uh, that really yes. is shown through making someone else feel special because mm -hmm. we put effort into what we do. Right. That is the bottom line of etiquette is kindness. Really, and First Corinthians 13 gives us the rule. Those are all about love, loving someone else more than me. And so if, if we're eating, if we're dining, it's not about you see what I have or how I do things. It's about the love behind why I'm doing this. Sure. So, okay. So Janice, repeat this for us again. So when you're coming and you're teaching on etiquette, what are these three things that you yes. just said? What do, what do we need to get in our heads right now? I say, these are the three keys. Confidence, that you are confident. You just act confident. Number two is comfortable. I am comfortable in this situation and I will make you comfortable with me. Mm -hmm. And then three is if common sense. If I don't know what to do, I will use common sense <laughs> with, with confidence, with right. confidence. All right. So you got to give us some tips then. Okay. How are we supposed yes. to feel comfortable and demonstrate confidence, especially in social settings? Because I know I've been in settings before that I was definitely not comfortable in and yes. so I had to fake it uh and and so uh, you know <laughs> you're like okay and I you know I'll tell you I watched what other people did and I just kind of yes. followed suit um and uh, that was one of my things it's like okay I'm gonna wait till they do it then I'll do what they do but tell us I mean what are some yes. ways that we can feel comfortable and, and demonstrate confidence in social settings yes so the thing the thing I want to stress for the Christian women that are listening today is that we do have actually two types of areas of, of etiquette. We have social etiquette and then we have business etiquette. Okay. I believe five years from now, even coming out of the pandemic, we might accelerate that 10 years from now. And with the rise of the young people, it will all be one. So, so in our circles that we run in, women always had the favor or the predominance. They were always introduced first. You introduce people to a woman type of thing. Mm -hmm. and, and, and people open the doors for women. You, you, you hold out their chair for dinner. But that's great in your social settings. But when you move to business, you have mm -hmm. to realize that is different. Mm -hmm. In business, it's gender equality. Men and women are treated the same. So that the rank now becomes of who has the highest rank in the business, that person gets introduced first unless it's the client and then the client always gets the honor. So if you're coming to a door and I'm walking with a man, I'll open the door for him because I'm the first one there and, and not feel awkward about that. We all sit down. If I'm in, if I'm entertaining a client, I will pay. It's my responsibility. And that's been hard for some of the women that I train is because suddenly how you grew up and even for men, how they grew up now they're in a business world and they have to do etiquette like business not the social because women are at the table with men and they have the equal authority. And I will train people in the world, the business world who will say, I want to be treated like equal. I don't want to be talked down. For instance, I had a woman say to me, 
a man walked into the room and he said hello to each of the men and he got to me and said, hello, sunshine. And mm. <laughs> he was meaning just to be kind, you're the only woman at the table doing business, you know. She said, but I have a name. Yeah. It suddenly changed how you looked at it. So I want, I want Christian women to not think we're being demeaned because now we're equal with men in etiquette. It's how we do business. It's mm-hmm. just gender equality. So I really want that to get in our heads. And if we're at church or in a social setting, then it can be back to the difference. And you just have to remember that type of thing. But when you're in business, let's do business equally. Equally. Yep. That is that is absolutely fascinating. Um, in the I was in a business meeting uh, down in here in the Dominican, and it was interesting to see how they handled rank, and mm-hmm. um, and you know because the mayor, it was actually the vice mayor of the city, is a woman, and so I was like, she and I were the only women at the table, which we were kind of excited about. But um, yes. it's interesting to see the difference, and I can I can definitely see again the shift that generational shift in you know what was what was done a few years ago um you know versus what's done now and and as it changes and so bringing in that confidence is so important and just saying hey you know um i do have the confidence but i do want to make everybody comfortable um switching gears a little bit from etiquette i you know we're talking about etiquette and hospitality and we want to make people feel comfortable in our homes or in our presence, wherever we are, whether it's virtual or whether it's in our homes, hopefully we can continue to do that. So what is, what is hospitality? Is this from like Louis the yeah. 16th? Is this a new, another King, little history lesson on hospitality? Right. You know, uh, the hospitality is the receiving of visitors and strangers. And to me, I think the Bible speaks to that, especially mm-hmm. you think in the book of Acts, where they're told that they sold everything to be one and to re- it, so it's so rooted and if you ask me i think the heart for the christian of hospitality goes back to jesus washing the feet of the disciples mm-hmm. because it was a yeah. culture we all know where their feet got dirty and it was a common thing for the person to wash the feet of my guest coming in and now we have the master the honored one washing the feet Mm. of those that should be honoring him. And he's turning and giving the humility or the, the humble act, the hospitable act to them. And they were even fighting with Jesus. Don't do this. Don't do this. And he was saying, if you don't understand what I've done, then you don't understand. But if you do, you will do as I've done. So I think for the Christian, we can actually go back to a biblical principle and say, hospitality is this open hearted, open armed love giving out. And it, there is an element of receiving people into my home as well. And, and you think about it in the business world, the hospitality management is all about hotels. Mm-hmm. It's all about restaurants and it's all about making the client, the honored one. So there's always three parts. There's the person giving the hospitality, the person receiving and the platform at which it's done. So that's really important for us, I think, in this COVID area era of saying, okay, so some of us are going to feel really comfortable inviting people into my home, but some of us are going to say, I can't do that, but that does not negate open arm, open heartedness. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Yeah. I love that because I just think that that's really, if if we're not careful, we can become very selfish, very inward focused, and we it's it's just kind of that old us for no more kind of mentality yes. where we we no longer see people and we no longer see the need. And you know, you were talking about yes. Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Every 
guy in there probably recognized at some point that nobody washed their feet, but nobody's volunteering. Um, and so, you know, but Jesus not only sees the need, but he acts upon it. You know, he, he acts in a way that would, would serve. And I think there's such a, like you said, I think there's just such a great uh, model for us of that. Just being able to invite people into Mm -hmm. an arena where maybe an oversight was made, maybe where no one was willing to take on the servant role in that moment um, and just really um, show, make someone feel special. That's right. And I love what I, I believe it's attributed to Maya Angelou says is that people may forget what you do mm. or say, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. yeah. And that is the, that's the point of hospitality. And I can think of a great example. My husband and I were in the country of Cyprus. It, we, it was a mission trip for us. We were there. And at the end of we had three weeks, at the end of the three weeks, they invited us to a fish meze. And the best way to describe it is a mess of fish. There were so many courses of fish coming to our table, coming to our table, coming to our table. And and at one point there was this whole entire fish on a platter with a head, with the tail, and you just picked off the flesh in between right off the bones. At the very end of the meal, the hostess looks at me and she says, you are first time in our country. You are our honored guest. Mm. And as children, whoever was the best got the specialty of the fish. So tonight, that is your reward. She broke off the head of the fish and handed it to me. And she said, you get the fish grain. (laughs) I am holding the fish. (laughs) I said, I knew they they were not making fun of me. I knew this was very honest. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't disappoint them. And I just said, how do I do it? She said, put your put your lips on it and suck it. It'll be all in your mouth. So, oh my I, God. I did that. It was in my mouth, down my throat before I could even do it. And they all began to cheer. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment that I realized how they were demonstrating hospitality mm-hmm. to me. They were open armed and loving, sharing with me a part of their culture, brand new to me, but I felt one with them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was, I was honored in their eyes and that's the way they wanted to do it. Oh, that's cool. That is beautiful. Yeah. Well, I know that, um, I have, I've had that same treatment in so many places internationally, you know, where, um, uh, people would, you know, go into huts and people, uh, that they only have one chair in the whole hut and they would insist I sit in that chair while they all sat on the dirt floor, you know, showing hospitality. Oh. Um, but even in the U S I think that uh, just a few months ago, this is just the one that comes to my mind right now. I was speaking in Colorado and a lady invited us over to her home. And, um, you know, I'll tell you what stuck out to me. You know, she was just so honest. She was real. She was just welcome to our home, you know, feel comfortable. Everything was just such a, a very much. She made me feel extremely comfortable in that setting. Um, and, you know, began to talk to me about, uh, I was fascinated with some of the things she was doing for the meal. And she just began to, okay, let me show you this cookbook. And let me talk to you about this. And let me just share with you. And, and there was, there was such a sense of really true hospitality. The meal was delicious, the food, but nothing fancy. Okay. I mean, it was just a real simple, plain meal. Um, but it wasn't anything fancy, but most of it was homemade. Uh, you know, and there was just, this was her. And this was her family. And this was just, and, and I, I found out by the end of the conversation that they do this a lot and everybody loves coming to their home. 
And when I left there, I thought, I know why everybody likes coming to their home because when you come in, you just feel like this is so nice and I'm just totally enjoying being here. Um, and I think that that is, uh, you know, that's kind of stuck out to me as I think that's really what it's all about. That's kind of how I would want people to feel if they entered my home. And I thought, wow, I can learn a lot from this lady uh, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what it was that she did that made me feel so much that way. I'd like to repeat that. You know, that's, it, that's just, you know, so whether we're on a farm field for me sitting in a chair, that's the only one in the hut or whether it's somebody's home and it's just a, a nice home cooked meal. Um, I've seen hospitality on both, on, in both mm-hmm. places. Yeah. I, I, uh, being in the Dominican Republic and we, the Dominicans are known for their hospitality and just yeah. their generosity. And, yeah. um, there's a couple of, there's a couple of, of, of times that it really just kind of stuck out to me. But one times in particular was right during a tropical storm. We were, Diomanis and I were down at the school. I, the school had flooded. And so we were swishing water in buckets out onto the streets. And of course, everybody knows that I love coffee and this is, it's still rain. There's still wind everywhere where we've, we're bucketing water out of the, out of the, out of the school. And I, uh, the smell of coffee just kind of brings like comes right to my nose from I don't know where. And I walk out into the street and I just start yelling, who's brewing coffee into the neighborhood. I just start yelling, who's brewing coffee, who's brewing coffee. And it's, you know, it's six o'clock in the morning, still windy, still rainy, but there's an elderly lady, a couple of doors down that was, you know, she, and she came out and she said, I'm brewing. And I was like, I'm, and so I just stood there and she brought me a cup of coffee and it was in a tiny little china cup, a demi-tasse cup on a saucer, because that's how the Dominicans always serve it, whether you're inside their home or apparently out in the streets during a, during a hurricane. But she brought it out and, and, just, and just waited until I sipped that entire cup of super strong, very sweet Dominican coffee. And, and then she took the, plat, the little saucer and the cup back into her home. But she stood there while I was just drinking the coffee and we talked. And that's just such a moment of hospitality because instead of, you know, I mean, it was just wherever it was, the Dominicans still had their tradition of, I'm going to serve you in the best cup that I have. I know we're struggling through this rainstorm, but we're going to have, we're going to go through this together. And it was such a sweet time, pure hospitable, you know, Dominican, um, Dominican coffee in the middle of a hurricane. I loved it. And so that's one of those, those times that just sticks out in my mind, but everybody's like, how uncouth do you have to be to go shouting who's brewing? And I was like, well, I know the Dominicans and I I knew what was going to (laughs) happen. I knew it was going to happen. I was going to get coffee because that's the, that's, that's the way, that's what they're known for. And I was thankful for that at that moment. I, I told Allie, if we ever get lost, we, we're, we're many times in different places around the world together. And I told her, if we ever get lost, just, I'm going to hook for you in the first coffee shop I yes. can find. So <laughs> go just follow to your nose. the coffee shop because follow I will nose. find you there. <laughs> so All you have to do. So true. Well, Janice, tell us this. Okay, so maybe there's ladies listening and they're like, you know what? I would actually love to do this. This would be meaningful to me, but I'm intimidated. I I'm, I'm really am intimidated by the concept of what we would call entertaining or hospitality or my children or, you know, all the things that come, all those fears that immediately come to our mind. So how can we get over it? Help us, help us. Uh, what are some simple ways we can get over those fears and start to do something about what we, what we need to do? Good. So the first thing I want to say is I believe knowledge is power. I just do. So I want to go back to etiquette. Let's start there. 
So if you think, well, I don't know how to serve, I don't know what to do, I just want to give you a few etiquette tips that we're like, oh, this is power to know. Simply, here's one, that food is passed counterclockwise at a table. There you go. That's etiquette. You keep everything moving in the same way. As Reba was talking about the forks, the idea is you use the outside in with utensils. However many forks you have, the first fork, second fork, that's what you go ahead and So those are some ideas. If you happen to leave the table, your napkin goes on the chair. When the meal is finished, the, map, the napkin goes on the table. So it's the whole idea of don't show people where you've wiped your mouth. Just keep it on your chair, pick it up, and then return back. Uh, one other thing I'll share with you is when you go to those big banquets and it's so crowded, there's 10 of you to a table, you're shoulder to shoulder, and you think, what, which of this is, belongs to me? Solids is on your left. Liquids is on your right. So the solid could be the bread plate or the salad. And all the liquids, even the coffee cup is on the right. So I always train when I say, say it with me, solids on my left, <laughs> liquids on my right. And if you're at a restaurant, uh, you will be served at a proper restaurant. You will be served from the left and plates will be removed from the right. It's all about common sense and etiquette, keeping the flow the same. So there's just some ideas etiquette wise mm -hmm. that you can jot those down thinking this is just common sense. But the other thing is, to break down the fear would be to go back to what Jesus did. What motivated him to wash feet was love. What motivates us to be hospitable should not be what you think of me. It should actually be how much I want to love on you. And thinking that means I might invite people that are different religions than I am, that have different lifestyles than I have that have a different view of politics than I have because I am taking away intimidation. And what I really want to do is love people, learn to love other people. And another way we can do that is actually think through the hospitable action and actually have questions ready that you want to talk about. Don't let it go to chance, whatever comes, comes. Literally say, okay, I want to ask them questions like, uh, so what are your hobbies? Or do you enjoy reading? Tell me about a book you've read. Or if you could travel anywhere in the world and it wasn't COVID, where would it be? That you already have an idea as the hostess, how I'm going to lead the conversation. So there's no lulls in that. You just don't leave that to chance. Absolutely. So, so Janice, what if we've got good friends? All right. So these are not people we don't know. These are people that we do know. And people that maybe we haven't seen for a while. Or maybe they could even be, you know, whatever. Um, and we want to invite them, uh, you know, obviously when it's safe and, and, and we're feeling yes. comfortable that we can invite us, you know, small number of guests to our home. All right. If we wanted to do something like that, what are some tips that you could give people to just feel confident inviting somebody to their home? Absolutely. Great. First thing is to decide what type of event will this be? Will it be just dessert? Will it just be tea? Will it be a full course meal? Cause now you have to decide the timing, what timing is best. And then you can reach out to the people you want to invite and say, do you have any dietary restrictions? You might also have a special event as in a book party. We did this with a group of about five other couples and said, bring your favorite book and you'll talk about it for five minutes. Hmm. And so we actually had little a charcuterie tray, which is all nut, uh, nuts and cheeses and meats and, and had just little appetizers. And then everyone 
through the course of the evening talked about their book. So there was actually a plan to the event. So mm -hmm. first off, think about what kind of event do you want this to be if food's involved at all? And then secondly is what do you want from it? Like, what's the goal of this? Do you want to facilitate friendship? Do you want to facilitate just connection? It, it, or just to demonstrate love? Think mm -hmm. through why are you doing this? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I hope that I hope the bottom line is love, always love, you know, yeah. but. That's really helpful. Um, I've been to a couple of events, like kind of both and situations. And I think um, there was one specific one uh, that we were all supposed to bring a dish and just kind of, it was a get to know you type of thing. And so as women, that's not going to be that difficult because you start talking to somebody and we know how to introduce ourselves and, 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 and meet. But as soon as we were seated, it was so funny because as soon as we were seated, we all had our little plates and we were talking and this woman stood up and said, does everybody have their questions ready? And we were like, we were going around the room kind of a situation. And I was already like, no, I, you know, and, and it was kind of very intimidating because it was so structured that I was just like, oh, you know, it kind of gave me a little bit of not, not, it wasn't. It wasn't anxiety at that point. It was kind of like, I'm about to turn into the teacher, into this, into the class clown, because this is not, I'm not I felt like I was back in fourth grade. And uh, so anyway, it was not a good connection point for, for, for Allie there. But um, it's interesting because we think about these times that we can come together. And so now it's during COVID. So we really need to understand it's switched a little bit. We still want to be open. And, and like you said, forget not, you know, not forget etiquette, forget hospitality kind of the way we knew it before where you're just yes, bringing yes. everybody in, yes. but think about how you're showing love and what the purpose is. And so what are some ways that we can, we can really connect meaningfully? Yes. I love that. I love that because we can't stop. And I don't know if you're in your neighborhoods, but in ours, people are more outside now. They're outside mm -hmm. with their kids or they're outside walking. And so I just approached a neighbor that I've been dying to meet and said, Hey, will you walk with me on Tuesday and Thursday morning? And she said, sure. And I said, I'm Janice, by the way. <laughs> and we've been doing that throughout mm. COVID up at six o'clock in the morning. We walked for 45 minutes. You would mm -hmm. think we're old friends. And it was just reaching out to her for connection for, right. for just being hospitable. And I can think of, my husband invited neighbor men. He said, Hey, why don't you come sit on my back porch and let's just talk. Let's get to yeah. know each other. Mm -hmm. And it was this simple doing the COVID available things, being outside and finding what works. But then I can yeah. think of what a group of women did for my mom who has cancer. And so she's really stayed in and isolated herself. And right before Christmas came, they came and they brought her a present and they sang Christmas carols. Mm -hmm. All of them had their masks. Yeah. They're all my mom's age in their seventies. My mom came out and sat and listened to them. That was so much. Mm. It was so beautiful. Mom had somebody take a picture and send it to me and said, look what mm. my, my yeah. golfing friends did for me. And so it's mm. the whole idea of how creative can you be? Mm -hmm. Think of, think of the elder people in your congregation or even in your neighborhood, even dropping a letter to them, or we call it drive by standing on the sidewalk and honking and say, Hey, look at your door. Here I am. And we're waving type of thing, whatever you're comfortable doing, even if it's getting on zoom, we've heard so many stories. I know you have two of families meeting on zoom mm -hmm. or even now mm -hmm. thinking I can meet with friends on zoom. Why did I yeah. think of this before? Mm -hmm. And it's actually taking the time to plan 
in saying, okay, the month of January, I want to do one hospitable thing. What could it be? Mm, yeah, I might I take like a meal to somebody. I might drive by with flowers to a shut-in in my house or somebody who's ill type thing. Mm-hmm. It's I use love that. the resources. Use your resources where you are. Kindness, kindness, kindness. What could that look like? Absolutely. You know, Janice, I've had the privilege of, of hanging out with you at your house on several of occasions and even spending the night and uh, kind of making it the B&B yes. uh, as, I, as I came through your area. Yes. And I know that Ross does this. You got to tell us, Ross does this really cool thing with the garbage men. So you have to tell us about yes. how Ross shows hospitality yeah. to the garbage yes. guys. Well, thank I love you. This. Thank you. But I will actually take credit. I'm glad okay. you're giving Ross <laughs> the credit. We are one, but it is my idea. So, okay. <laughs> and that is for years. I have left two Gatorades and two granola bars in a Ziploc, quart size Ziploc bag on top of Gatorade on the garbage can. And so I'm writing them a note. If it's a holiday, the hol- a holiday bag might change with what I include in it. And what Ross did, uh, he did at New Year's, he was the one that wrote the letter to them. Okay. Thanking them for being a part of of serving us. Thank you so much for serving us. And we have done that for years. And if we're not here, I will ask my father-in-law to do it. Don't forget, put out the Gatorades. I make the little packages and the bundles up. And it's really my way. And actually, I've had a number of opportunities to just catch them. And we've had different men throughout the years um, and say, hey, um, I love to meet you in person. I'm, I'm a woman of faith. I pray. How can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised that a man will just stop and just say, here's, I'm really, this is my situation. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for asking. Me. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's, it's that hospitable thing. So now we keep our refrigerator stocked for any kind of workers that come or cut our grass or even the neighbor's grass. We're seeing it reaching out with a simple Gatorade. Oh, at Christmas time, we had a load of them that we'd go running down to find those Amazon drivers. Hey, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. FedEx <laughs> Cool. It's incredible the opportunity that hospitality gives for gospel. Mm-hmm. Just giving a Gatorade in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You know, in his name, I give this to you. In his yeah. name. Man, I like that. Because, you know, and we kind of want to close here, but just talking about, and I think we've, we've hit on it in a thousand ways as we've had this conversation, but it's just important that we stay connected. And, um, and I think that's a great way for us to close. Maybe, you know, Janice, maybe you can just close by just giving us some, your, some of your thoughts on, uh, because you're in the connection business. Absolutely. I mean, everything you do about coaching is about helping people learn how to connect, whether it be Mm -hmm. on the, in the business world or whether it be in a personal way. Um, so, you know, give us some final thoughts here as we close out about the importance of connection. Yes. So and when I teach public speaking, I tell my clients, really, speaking, storytelling, communication is about connect, engage, influence. Connect with people, engage with them. Now I have the opportunity to influence. It's mm. the same thing with hospitality. When we are connecting, it's, it's like two strings, my heartstring to your heartstring. I'm connecting with you for the purpose of engaging, and then there's influence happening. Mm. And whether that person is another believer that you're really reaching out and strengthening their faith and yours, or whether that's somebody who does know the name of Jesus and you are doing an act of kindness in a world that really is truly upside down in evil words and insults, kindness speaks, kindness speaks. So that's connection to me, connect, engage, influence. 
Love it. Man, those are three great words. So say them one more time, Janice, so yes. we all got this. Connect. <laughs> yep. Engage. Yep. Influence. Love it. Love it. Oh, well, this has been so much fun. Ah, thanks. I love <laughs> working with you too. This is great. I love uh, just thinking about all the ideas. Now I've got new ideas that I can use um, to take and, and seeing different ways to use etiquette and hospitality to connect because that's the bottom line is, is connect with yes. love. So that's what I'm taking away from this. And I've, you know, I've already got ideas swirling in my mind. But as we wrap up, um, you know, we're going to start with a series of rapid questions like we always do with our interview okay. guests. And so, yeah, get ready and sit up oh. straight. Um, I'm just kidding. We're already <laughs> sitting, she was already sitting up straight, by the way, to the listeners. Um, rapid fire questions. And her husband, Ross, did this well, except he started getting excited about specifically the movie, like the favorite, the movie question. And he just oh. went, went on. Uh, and that created, yes. I'm like, we need a whole a whole podcast of just movie recommendations yes. by Ross. Yes. But we're going to start off with our rapid fire questions. Um, so number one, what book has impacted you? Like, what are you reading right now? Is that it's been an impactful book? Oh, so I read this every Christmas, A Christmas Carol. Mm. It, I collect copies of it. I absolutely love the story of the redemption of yes. Ebenezer Scrooge. Mm. I love that. Good. Cool. All right. So what do you enjoy doing in your free time? Reading and watching TED Talks. I love knowledge. I just, I can't get enough of it. I just want to learn. Awesome. Okay, so what would be something, um, what would be something that people often get wrong about you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wow. Well, uh, how about if I use a word my son just described me as warp speed? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I move fast. I just, I get fast. I think if you were to meet me with my, 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 posture you in in the way I speak you think oh she's just calm cool, and collected but man when I do so I'm warp speed <laughs> I love it all right so here's your husband's favorite question what is your favorite movie <laughs> or one of them at least yes one of them would have to be Pride and Prejudice BBC production mm. the six DVDs that I sat through and watched many times very Colin cool. Firth is the best. Colin Firth, yes. <laughs> Elizabeth L, yes. yes. So as you are watching your your favorite movie, what would be a favorite meal? Like a, just a really relaxing, comfort foodie favorite meal for you? We was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I already know what it is, so just it's go ahead and say salad. it. <laughs> it's yes. a salad. With red yeah. peppers, green peppers, many yeah. vegetables on top of it, yes. Yeah. It's Denise's love language is red peppers and green peppers. That's great. (laughs) She saw me go crazy in the Dominican when they had this incredible display of red peppers in the grocery store. Unbelievable. Take a picture of it. Take a picture. I I can say I've never gone crazy over red peppers. I'll just say that. What's so funny with the red peppers down here, I actually, I do still lifes. I grab them and I put them on my countertop and I actually sketch and draw with my colored pencils. I love the red peppers with a, you know, and so I'll, I'll send you one. It's, oh, yes. I don't eat them, but I draw them. Every week, every week I mean, like I an it. apple. I literally eat them like an apple. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. So what's on your nightstand? So I have the book given to me at Christmas time of Hugo, which is a really mm-hmm. thick book that was just given to me. Uh, I have the book, uh, The Splendid in the Vile, which is a story of Winston Churchill. I love reading anything about 
Churchill. Mm -hmm. I have a book called mm -hmm. Suffer Strong. Uh, so I have those three. Those are my next reads. All right, so books. Good. All right, so if you had, you know, if you could think of a, a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that would bring you joy, um, just kind of a quick pick. Oh, it, it would be playing with Addie and Kate, my two granddaughters. Mm -hmm. I love it. They got a puppet theater for Christmas. Ah, fun. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Look, tell us, Janice, what are you deeply grateful for? Uh, I, am, I am deeply grateful for a husband who has allowed me to grow into mm. He did not try to make me somebody else. And he recognized my strengths. He's allowed me to pursue them for mm. the purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good. I love it. Good. All right. So last question, but you were a little prepared for this one. What keeps you rooted deep? I, I thought about that in it on a spiritual sense. It's the absolute belief that God is sovereign. Mm. Because I've experienced some deep heartaches in my life. That sometimes you think, why? You know, how can this be? Why would mm. this happen? And and to tell myself, he is sovereign, period. Mm. And I love Nahum 1 7, where it says, The Lord is good, a stronghold on the day of trouble, and he knows them that trust in him. Mm -hmm. And I've often said, I will stay in that sentence, the Lord is good, period. Because once you start going outside of that, thing your mind goes crazy and you just say, He's good because he defines good. Yeah. He defines good. So that has kept me grounded in so many times when I don't understand even the political situation we're in now and just say, you know what? He is good. He is God. He mm -hmm. is sovereign. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a grounding thing for me. Yeah. It's a really grounding thing. And then on a, on a very fun level is when I find myself in despair or when things are sad, I actually, <laughs> I watch things that make me laugh. Yeah. As in, I'll go to YouTube and I watch Susan Boyle all over singing <laughs> um, that, that song, anything title of it right now, or people winning that you never expect to win and doing things amazing. And it really uplifts me and it keeps me, it just keeps me grounded in my joy. Mm. So that'd be That's two awesome. Well, it has been so much fun to have you today on the podcast. And I think everybody should have at least two or three things that they can just walk away with. And I hope that we've inspired some people to mm -hmm. get out there and show a little hospitality and to uh, connect uh, with others, maybe in a more powerful way, in a way they haven't thought about uh, during these days. And uh, we're going to have to have you on here again, because this, oh, has been so, this has been so much fun. And I know that you can probably give us all tips because uh, we've got all kinds of things that we need a little Need, need tips for and they're all in your wheelhouse so uh we will definitely invite you on again to talk about some other cool topics but thanks for joining us today janice thank you the pleasure truly has been mine thank you thank you awesome awesome all right well we are going to end this podcast today but as, as always thanks for joining us we hope and that you'll stay rooted deep in your life we hope yes. that you'll stay grounded and you'll find things that will keep you anchored Keep your soul anchored. These are important times for us not to lose faith, not to lose hope, uh, but to continue forward knowing that, as Janice said so well, God is sovereign and he is still working in our lives. So have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.com.
www.ghostdiaries.org.